0: Welcome to More Than a Sign, where we talk to some of Milwaukee's most productive realtors, up-and-coming realtors, and those that work alongside us. However, rather than being a platform for shameful self-promotion, these are intimate discussions about the journey, the struggle, the fear, and ultimately, the personal growth along the way. At the end of the day, nobody really cares about what we do. All that really matters is who we are. Today, we're going to learn who Maureen Stolle is. But before we do, let me tell you a few things about what Marine has done. So incredibly, Marine and her family started the local Keller Williams franchise a number of years ago with five agents. Marine runs a team that does about 100 million in sales, runs a brokerage that started out with five people, now exceeds 700 people in four offices and does 2.5 billion, that's with a B, in sales a year. No disrespect intended. It's hard to even say that when I read those numbers, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, No disrespect intended. Who really cares about that? So as remarkable as that is, and I don't think that there has been anybody locally that has had the impact on the brokerage community that you have had in our generation, let's talk more personally. Okay, thank you. So- Let's start with what many people might not know. You grew up in a very, very large family by today's standards.
1: I did. I have 13 siblings. Incredible. Eight sisters, five brothers, same parents.
0: And you fall where in the mix? I
1: am number nine. Okay. So there's eight older and five younger.
0: Incredible. What was that like growing up? I have no idea. I came, you know, with one brother, so I have no.
1: Yeah, it was great. It was a it was a ton of fun. We were each other's best friends, continued to be, spend a lot of time. My parents were very intentional about where we grew up out further out. So we, each other to play with every day. Um, didn't have next door neighbors close by, didn't have kids. As we got a little older into grade school, element, you know, upper grade school, we had neighbor kids through the woods and, you know, school friends, you get dropped off of the bus and you go running through the woods to see your friends. But we grew up a little further out. So we just spent a lot of time together, which was my, as we got older, we realized that was my dad's goal. Keep you tight. Most everybody is back in Milwaukee now. Incredible. There's only one sibling that doesn't live in Milwaukee.
0: What a legacy they created, the two of them.
1: Yeah, they did.
0: What is the span of age from youngest to oldest, uh, the differential of age?
1: Twenty, Roughly 20 years.
0: So is that almost like having a cousin when you have a sibling that's Twenty years older. I mean, they're out of the house before you're really like. If you look at your, Mm -hmm. is Maggie's the youngest, Mm -hmm. and is Madonna? Madonna's the oldest. Okay, so it's not the typical sibling relationship.
1: Growing, Madonna was always a parent figure. Mm -hmm. The top three or so were more parental figures, and she was married when I was in about. So she got married, literally. Right out of college, and and so when we were growing up, that differential mattered as adults.
0: It disappears. Nobody
1: pays any attention.
0: Yeah, so your parents must have like deputized the oldest couple, right? Oh, absolutely, <laughs>
1: right. absolutely.
0: Put them to work.
1: <laughs> yeah, the middle ones got away with everything.
0: Mm-hmm. So, where did you go to school?
1: Uh, we all grew up at St. Eugene's. Okay. In Fox Point uh, High School at Dominican High School, mm-hmm. some of the brothers went to Marquette. I. And college went, started at St. Catharines in St. Paul, Minnesota, and finished at the University of Minnesota, Minneapolis.
0: Fun. And then you went into fashion, right?
1: I worked for Ralph Lauren in Chicago, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the fragrance, actually fragrance industry. Okay. That was interesting. Based in Chicago, but worked, the company was obviously in New York. Mm -hmm. And so I spent eight years.
0: And look at the impact that he's had on retail. And to be relevant, I heard that he started as a, Thai designer at Brooks Brothers in what was probably the 60s, went out on his own, let's say in the 70s, and he's as relevant 50 years later as he was back then.
1: I know. Can you imagine still designing for the Olympics, all the Olympics uniforms? I mean, it's amazing. The ultimate influencer, for sure.
0: Right. And that he can do Everything from purple label, which is outrageously expensive, to outlet stores, where he—what I understand is—he makes all his money there. That can he can license his name across everything and still not dilute. I mean, it's really—he's a great study for any of us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were those were interesting interesting years. That's where you really put your head down, and you were really—it was relationship building. You know, our accounts were all of the big department stores all over Chicago and. Ah, uh, for me, Chicago, and even into Milwaukee, a little bit, I lived in Chicago, and the influence that he i mean we had to wear the clothes, we had to be the person i mean he he definitely surrounded himself with his extended staff of people that were fit his brand
0: Mhm so what did you take away from that experience?
1: I would say probably number one would be re- relationship building when it comes to sales it was it's all about influencing that company was more about making your impression in the sort of in, in the design aspect and the from displays you had to have relationships with the display people in every single store to make sure that your merchandise is displayed properly and and events in every store and making sure the events get taken off. So you have to know the events people, you have to know absolutely everybody in every location of every Sex Fifth Avenue and Neiman Marcus and Marshall Fields and you had to have relationships in each one of those stores to make sure that your product is taken care of.
0: And you were a relative kid doing that at the time, right? Super young, right out of college, so. Nice to be thrown in and have to do that, and so much of our business today is relationships. I mean, we're in the people business. We're not in the home business, right? Right, absolutely. Um, So what followed Ralph Lauren?
1: So then I was a, well, I was a sort of a stay-at-home mom. I started a window treatment design business. I had a friend, we lived in Lake Bluff, Illinois. I had a friend who was an interior designer, And she would say to me, gosh, the most difficult thing that I have to do in my business is designing window treatments because I'm not a math person. And it's a math. It's a design. And then you have to figure out the math. And then you have to communicate that math to a fabricator who then makes the window treatments. And I'm like, hmm, I could probably do that. I'll I'll try that and see if that works. So I did a few for friends of mine and found a fabricator and found an installer and thought, oh, I can actually do something with this and stay at home with my kids. So I did that for about four years, and then Rick took a position. He started a business down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I sold my little window design business, and we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I stayed home stayed home mom for a couple of years down there, and then we came back to Chicago and then ultimately to Milwaukee.
0: It was that, like, 80s?
1: That was, yeah, late, late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Well, no, actually, that was in the 90s.
0: Okay. 90s. Yeah, I don't want to age you. I
1: know. I was like, wait, what is it? I was in the 90s. Freddie, my, oldest, my youngest, was born in 1993. Okay. And that's when we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma.
0: Got it. Yeah. None of this I knew. This is the fun part of doing this. Okay. So you're a stay-at-home mom. You sold your business. How did you get into real estate?
1: Katie Falk was a good friend of my mother's
0: hmm.
1: and my father's. When I was growing up, she was around post-golf events and things like that. She would always be around and it was fun to you know, she was just a good friend of my mom and dad's. And when I was move, when we were moving back to Milwaukee, the market was super, super hot and tight, hard to find homes, I reached out to Katie to help and I said, Oh, our probably your price point is just too low for you. I was young, buying our second home and she said, There's no price point that's too low, Maureen. We can do this. And she started helping us find homes, and by the time we finished, she's like, you know, you should go into real estate. And I said, yeah, no, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. I've got all these kids, it's not going to happen. And she was also my neighbor. She lived about five houses away. So she would drive by, we'd be out on the driveway playing, and she'd say, "Morning, are they in school yet? I'm like, not yet. Oh, for a couple of years. Are they in school? Oh, yep, Freddie just started kindergarten. And she, at that time, started Realty Executives. So she said, well, I could use you a couple of days a week if you'd consider well, this could be fun if I did it maybe three mornings a week. Give up three mornings, two or three hours a piece, mm-hmm. and just come in and help her. So
0: that's how it started, and that probably didn't last for very long. It ended up probably being it's
1: like maybe six months,
0: all-consuming though. I would think like
1: no, I, I was pretty strict on the oh, timing. Oh, you Good. okay, but there wasn't. She had a need that I knew I could fill if I had my license, mm. and so I went to her and I said, "Katie, I think what I can do that would really help move your business forward." Mm-hmm. And I think I'm capable of doing that. I should probably go get my license. But here are the rules. No open houses. I will not show houses. I will not go out at nights and weekends. I'll do that. Of course, Katie knew better. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> she said, yes, absolutely. That's a great idea. And I'm thinking, oh, she's on my page. Well, that was so mm-hmm. wrong. Right. It sort of blossomed from there. And about nine months after that, I realized I had a handful of my own clients. And I was running my own business. And I took a binder. Rick and I were going on vacation with the kids and we had the kids in the car and I had my big binder and I had no idea how much business I had done since I started doing a lot of things for Katie. But then all of a sudden friends are friends. Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And all of a sudden I find myself showing houses and, and selling homes. And I brought my binder on the trip and nine months later I realized I had sold like almost $8 million in real estate. So I called my sister Martha and I said, do you want a job? She's like, doing what? I said, you never need to leave your house. You just need to track my transactions, like today's transaction management.
0: Mm-hmm. We didn't
1: call it that then, right. but today we would call it transaction management, where she literally tracks everything from accepted offer to close. Don't need to leave your house, phone, computer, don't need to leave your house. She was like, "Sure, I'll do that." And so she and I grew a business from eight million to 30 roughly 35 million.
0: Which is amazing, and doing it the right way right? Uh, Like an attraction-based business. Your business is like ours. You're not a lead gen paid winnowing a hundred leads down into one client. You're an attraction-based business. How do you attract people?
1: You know, as I always say to the agents, you do everything in your life to the best of your abilities. Everything, whatever you do, volunteering. If you're committed to a sports team, I play a lot of paddle and a lot of pickle and golf and tennis. Then it was mostly tennis and since then, I've picked up all of those other sports, played a lot of paddlers through the winters. And you just, you're committed. You captain teams. You run volunteer organizations. You chair volunteer organizations. You do some philanthropy things. You run things at the school when the kids were growing up. You do it all really, really well. And when you do those things really, really well, people say, She probably is a great real estate agent. Yeah. And absolutely. that's how I transitioned most of my business was really, really being committed to whatever it was I dove into. And by doing that, You know, you're able to take that and transition it into business. If I can serve them here, I can serve them there. And that was, that's really how we grew the business.
0: You know, it's funny, people, young agents, which I'm always happy to meet with, always make time for. So many of them say to me, What's the one thing? And I'm like, It's the everything. It's not the one thing you do, it's everything that you do. If you're going to be attraction based, like you said, you just have to be the type of person that people want to work with. Mm -hmm. So you're a risk taker and you, so you and Martha grew a really nice business inside another brokerage, successful every year, consistent, great reputation. You took a huge risk. What was that like? Mm -hmm.
1: Interestingly, at the time I didn't consider it a big risk. You know, at the top of the game at Chore West, and I woke up one day and I thought, hmm, it's August. I was going on vacation with my kids and my husband. And I'm thinking it's August, and December is going to come soon, and January is going to come again. And we've got to fight to be the best we can be and grow our business even further. And that just, for some reason, wasn't inspiring me at the time. So I went on vacation with my kids, and I said to my husband, I think I think we should start a small boutique brokerage.
0: Just 700 people or so. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: at the time I was thinking, you know, know, maybe get five or 10 of our really good friends that we really respect, business seriously, obviously. But I also take the relationships with other real estate agents very seriously. And I make the time to get to know agents and understand their business, understand how they do their business so that when we're in a transaction together, I know how this is going to go. Right. And we know we have set expectations of each other. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to go out there and pick my top five, maybe 10 favorite real estate agents I love to do business with and see if they want to do this with us. My family thought it was great. My kids said to me at the time, oh, let's name it. Let's do this. Where are you going to have an office? This will be great. Oh, but by the way, we will never be in real estate with you. Not ever. Right. I was like, I looked at them all. and I go, well, I have zero expectations of that. (laughs) None whatsoever. Right. And so that was what we thought we were going to do. But the more I realized what is it? what I was looking for was how can I find a different or how can I find a piece of this business that actually most real estate agents are unaware of? How can I make a difference in people's lives without selling the next house? What's missing in my business that I, I, I didn't know? So I said to my husband, I'm not sure it's starting a boutique. I think we need to sort of venture out and find out what's out there in this world that's different and not in Milwaukee. So, we started researching companies and seeing you know what franchise companies got something that resonates with us, and if not, we'll go start boutique. that's fine and we landed on Keller williams and i my husband had the first conversation with somebody in Keller Williams in corporate office, and he said to me, "You know, I had this interesting conversation. this sort of resonates with who you are, what your mission is what your goal is in this next step of your business. I think you should have a conversation with them, so I did, and then we spent about 2 months flying around the country meeting with different people, going to different offices, going to different events. And we landed on the final event which they call Mega Camp and were with a couple thousand people. And listening to the way they were talking, I said to my husband, this resonates with me. Training and coaching agents not only on how to sell real estate but how to create a life worth living is what that's kind of a phrase they use, but a life worth living that real estate feeds. Right. I'm like that that speaks to me. I think I might do something with this. Let's keep going with it. So we kept we probably sent another month and then I came back and I said, I think this is it. I think this is what I want to do. They provide the platform and we create the relationships with the agents. We attract the agents. We help train up new agents, experienced agents of all different levels. There's different levels of coaching and training that are available. And that to me was what I was looking for. I thought, okay, this is it's not just waking up and selling another house tomorrow. It's actually making a difference in people's lives. This is amazing.
0: And so, it has. I mean, look at all the people that are so much more successful under your umbrella than they would be elsewhere. You know what? We would be remiss. There are two things. Number one, let's give a shout out to the people that did this with you. The first, who were the first five?
1: Andy Stillman, Natasha Duval, Martha Ola, and Rachel Block.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kudos and, to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And And Andy and Natasha, Natasha was with. Caldo Banker Andy was with Shore West. They showed up at my house about a month before we made the decision. And they walked in. It was Saturday morning. They walked into the kitchen and they said, hey, we just came to tell you, we think you probably should think about starting a real estate company. And I looked at them. I'm like, Rick looked across the counter at me. He's like, what do they know? Why do you think that? That's not on the radar. Why do you think that? And they just said, "That's we just came to tell you that we think you should do this. I was like, why do you even think that? And then a month later, I called them back into the kitchen. I said, guess what? We are doing that, and they both were like, "We're in whatever it is." I didn't even have to explain to them what we were doing. They were like, "Yeah, we're we're in."
0: Fantastic.
1: Yeah, that tribute was fun.
0: to you and the business you were running at the time.
1: Right when you do things well, people are attracted. As Charlie Stalley says all the time, "What is the line?" It's a um a I'm not going to be able to give it to you. I can't give it to you, but something a people are attracted to people with a vision.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to take another departure. So, people really, really, really like you. And people really, really, really like me, but people love your son, Charlie. They just love your son. And there was a outpouring for his birthday like I've never seen earlier this week. I can't imagine what it's like to have him in your business and to be able to work with him. I mean, you have a great family. We're going to touch on your family. I'm an easy cry. I'm like, <laughs> And he is too. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about him for a second. What an impact he's had on the business, but just all of us personally.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has a gift. There's no question. He cares more than anything else. He's extremely driven, but he cares more than anything else. It's his compassion for others. He had a lot of opportunity young in life, and he went down those paths, and he had great success in his 20s, but he knew at age 18 what he wanted to do. Actually, I give credit to Dave Neville, who said to him when he was 15, someday you're going to work. But you have to be 18.
0: Right. That's Miller. Miller, Miller. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Charlie called him on his 18th birthday and said, Mr. Neville, I'm 18. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And he started working for Dave Neville when he was 18. And as he started to have success and be moved around the country every year, and we were growing Keller Williams at the same time, I said, I think I have a vision for you and I. And he would say, I don't don't know how that's going to work. I said, well, just, you know, I'm a, I'm a plant-the-seed person. Just plant the seed. I, I'm not a pushy or aggressive by any stretch of the imagination. I just plant mm-hmm. seeds mm-hmm. and make sure that I'm checking myself. Is this what I want or is this a good opportunity? Yeah. Right? So he sought the advice of many others outside of the family and was given some good advice. And when push came to shove and Miller wanted to move him out to California, and he said no. And then they said, how about Atlanta a year later? And he said no. And then they came back to him with California again, and he said, no. And they said, we might not, you might have to make a decision here. And so he was seriously considering the move, and he came down to the relationships, and he said, I don't think I'm willing to leave Milwaukee, and I think this is something I want to do. I want to go grow grow this business with my family. I think I want to do this with my mom, and I think there's an opportunity for me here that will really fill my buckets
0: yeah and then he exceeded everybody's expectations which is it's just a remarkable success and so many people that have family businesses they quote unquote install a family member in a position and that person really isn't the fit doesn't deserve it i mean we see that across family businesses all over and it's so great to see the perfect guy in the perfect role at the perfect time it's really i mean as a parent it's got to be incredible. So you have, so you grew up in a big family and you have a dozen family members in the business. Right. I mean, that's incredible. So you have a spouse in the business, you have multiple siblings in the business, both. I'm talking on your team outside your team, but in Keller Williams and outside of Keller Williams, you have children in the business and you have children in law in the business. What's that like?
1: (laughs) Well, we do struggle to not talk about, well, I would say for the first six years or seven years, we struggled to not talk about business all the time. Now we're very good at it. We're very good at being together without talking business all the time. It's not many people can do it. I'm aware of that. It's unique. But a household and my parents mostly who just ingrained in us that relationships matter more than anything else. They matter more than the business. They matter more than money. They matter more than everything. And never lose sight of the value of your siblings, right? So it kind of started with that. And always being super, super respectful of each other and each other's space and time and not to abuse that and always be, I learned something coming to Keller Williams, the ask questions first, always lead with questions. Before you get upset about anything, you always lead with questions. And I think that that's, Something that's been important to me when working with my family is when I see things going a little sideways. Now, the thing about working with Charlie is he and I are kind of the same person. We think alike. We're on the same path. We we know the expectations each other has. We have of each other. And so we work really, really well together. I have a couple of kids that are also in the business. One's in commercial real estate, not at Keller Williams, and one is within Keller Williams. And everybody is in their own lane. Everybody's doing their thing. And we, we work really well together. We send texts back and forth about some opportunities that we see out there for each other or for friends of theirs. Or the, I mean, the, the communication amongst my children and my husband and I is great. Now you get to the bigger family. And one thing we all do realize is our relationships matter to each other. And we don't get in each other's way. What does that mean? I never tell them all what to do. Hmm. We don't get in each other's space. We don't compete with each other.
0: Sure. We
1: cheer each other on. We're each other's best friends. I mean, we're all super close. Mm. We spend a lot of time together, and we're more cheerleaders for each other in our business than we are competitors.
0: Nice.
1: So you never find us odds with each other. We really not, are never at odds with each other. Just we've outgrown that from childhood and working together. The one thing that we did learn young is – Understand that we were raised by the same parents who had the same levels of expectations of us, and we know how to deliver, and we have each other's backs all the time.
0: What an inspiration.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were great. They were amazing parents.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you still have either of them? No. That's tough, isn't it?
1: Oh, so tough. It's so interesting. I uh, was in a group this morning, a meeting this morning, and I said to them all, if you don't share your vision with those that matter in your life, there's no way they can support you. If I could show him my vision, he would be super excited and supportive, right? If you can't share your vision with others, you can't have expectations of them supporting you in that. That piece of our business, people don't realize, and this goes for any business, this goes for anybody in life. Create a vision for your life and then how can your business support that? Then take that out and share that with those that matter most to you because they're the ones that can get on board with your vision and then support your business. But if you're doing this, You know, oftentimes I see dual income couples who are in their own path and we don't talk about business when we get home and we try to keep things separate and come home and have a home life. If you can't share your vision and help each other and support each other, achieve that vision, it's it's a little lonely out there, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm really a big believer in creating a vision for your life and now go out and do the business that's going to support that vision.
0: How has that vision changed? Like the vision, let's say 20 years ago and the vision today, right? We all become wiser and the things that matter change. So how's that evolved?
1: My vision for this business, I didn't have a vision for this business 20 years ago. I was raising kids. I was deep in the thick of raising kids. And my focus was raising my kids and bringing home extra income to support the life we wanted to live. Sure. That was 20 years ago. Simple, plain and simple. Didn't have anything bigger than that.
0: Survival. I mean, great life, but you were in get it done mode.
1: Right. And didn't think bigger, nor had anyone taught me to think bigger which is really interesting. Now I look back in my days with Ralph Lauren, pre-kids, and I worked for Ralph Lauren into my second child. And then I stayed home after that. And I think even back then, how did nobody teach me how to have a vision for my life? It's so basic. And then going to Shore West and a business and growing a business with Martha and our kids were in middle school and high school, when we were really blowing it up big. And no one ever taught me how to create a vision for my life and then support a business, a business that can support that vision. And that concept would have helped me prioritize better. Now, my kids would say, did she even work? Because I was at every sporting event. I was on committees. I was very, very involved in their life. So they didn't really think I worked very much. But I was spinning wheels during their downtime, when they're in bed or when they're at school or when you talk about time blocking, I was the ultimate time blocker because I knew they came home for lunch every day. I was there every day, right? So I, I knew my time with them was so valuable. I knew it long time ago. That was my priority. So I didn't really have a vision for blowing up a big business even then. I just had to get it done, get it done, keep going, head down, keep going. People have expectations of you to help them find a home, to get their family settled, to help them figure out inspections and all those things that I just get it done, get it done, get it done, keep going. But then when I had the opportunity to sit back as my kids got older and realize what is it I really want to do with my life? I still didn't have a big enough vision because I didn't have anybody ahead of me to show me how that worked. So I thought this boutique was going to be my vision. But now I think one, maybe two years into Keller Williams is when I really realized the opportunity we were creating. And that's where we started to create the five-year and 10-year plan. The line is, a clear vision is attractive to, to talent.
0: Yeah, that's a great line. It's true.
1: Right? So I figured that out at about, I'd say year one and into year two before Charlie came on board, was whiteboarding out three-year, five-year, ten-year plan to people that were considering jumping on board with our organization.
0: And in your particular case, you have three levels of that. You have your team vision. You have brokerage business with 700 agents and four offices and then you have your life vision those are three kind of different things that you're managing
1: mm-hmm yeah and again I go back to the organization that is Keller Williams there that is where I learned how to segment those three how to figure out what it is in my life I want to achieve and then how to make each category feed that big vision that is a concept nobody ever spent time talking about with me. I didn't have a vision for that. I didn't even grasp that. And now it's so clear to me that it's, it's easy for me to communicate that to others. And in doing so, we've been able to help people, as you know, realize multiple streams of income, right? I mean, that was something real estate agents said. Traditional real estate companies don't even understand the concept of multiple streams of income, much less how to even tap into what that can look like. So I, I credit that to the company that has taught me how to really create a vision for my life. And when you create a vision for your life, all of a sudden things become very clear on how to achieve that vision.
0: What a nice place you find yourself. It didn't happen by accident. It was hard work. It was dedication. It was being the type of person you wanted to be, that your parents wanted you to be. And here you are. I mean, in 2022, like your life is probably nothing like you expected and so much better than you expected. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, it's so also interesting that you know my father was a big believer in making sure that family stayed close. Right, he had rules. When you went to college, you couldn't go more than three hundred miles away from home. Ideally, everybody ended up back in Milwaukee, and that was his vision, right? And now I get why, right? Because people matter more than places, right? There's, you can go adventure anywhere in the world you want to go, but people matter more than the places you you want to live. So it took me into adulthood to understand that at the time we were like, but dad, but dad, we want, you know, 14 children and trying to help 14 children get through college. Can you imagine that? Right. But dad, I want to go. Dad, I want to adventure here. And he would just say, no, this is the plan. If you want my help, this is the plan. You can certainly go do anything you want on your own, but if you want my help. But then as he got older, he started to make it clear to us because your, your people are going to be the ones that are going to support your vision for your life. Those are going to be the people that are going to be there for you.
0: And you're living it.
1: Yeah. I know
0: amazing. this was great. This was really nice. You're an inspiration. you've created an environment at great effort and risk where hundreds and hundreds of people are flourishing much more than they would. You've created an environment where there are people just entering I mean people join every day that you're giving you're giving to i mean you're you're providing resources and care and opportunity and it, it's really it's fun to watch from the inside. I looked forward to this interview and it's really been neat to hear your story and everything that led up to it and you know you're very approachable. Anybody can approach you. You're always willing to give advice and to share and to brainstorm and I would just invite but I would invite anybody that needs inspiration on how to do it right not necessarily the little details of lead gen and all that, but the big picture, like how to be the type of person that people want to do business with. There's no one better to talk to than Maureen Stolley.
1: You know, when you do what you love, and it's hard work, right? It's hard work. There's no question it's hard work. People think I work really, really hard, even though I sometimes go, mm, well, maybe I do, but maybe I don't. Maybe I play a lot of tennis and I play a lot of golf, and and truly that's how I built my business was spending time with others. I get to have a lot of fun. My kind of fun is connecting with people, helping people. That's To me, that's exciting and fun. Seeing people grow, seeing their business and their lives change, what could possibly be more rewarding than that?
0: It's a great legacy.
1: Yeah, it's good. Cool. Thanks for your Well, time. thanks
0: for keeping me close.
1: Your valuable, treasured, good friend. I respect you and I enjoy the time we get to spend together whenever we do. We had a lunch a couple of maybe a month or two ago. And after about three hours, you and I were like, we could go on all afternoon.
0: We all, It was almost time to order dinner. <laughs>
1: right. People were coming and going from the restaurant and we're still there. Yeah. So we definitely enjoy our time together. So thank you.
0: Thank you. So I'd like to give a shout out to Podcast Town Studios, our producer, no sleep for creating the music. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you believe that you or someone you know would be an ideal guest and would talk about not what they've done, but really who they are, why don't you reach out to me? I'm the easiest guy in the world to get a hold of. Thank you. you.